When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Penn State fans, how are you doing? Dave Jones, Bob Flounders here for another Blue White Breakdown podcast. Dave Jones, we are getting really close really close to some legitimate college football season talk. Big 10 media days is next week. You're getting close to those riveting coaching interviews, which I am so happy you'll be able to do again. I just, uh, I just got my uh, early season haircut because it's 150 out. So I'm feeling a lot better because I was just too shaggy, man. I'm feeling good. You're looking good. Penn state's going to be out there Wednesday. But the thing is actually Tuesday, a week from today, all the coaches, some really prominent players. And yes, it's almost become an annual tradition, Penn State fans. Dave Jones kind of will weigh in on what he thinks of uh, each coach is going to talk for like 10 or 15 minutes uh, on the Big Ten Network. And Dave usually has something to say about all 14 coaches. And sometimes it's a little snarky, but usually he's right on the money. By the way, did you hear Banjo Boy has has mandated that there will be no Nebraska position coach interviews all season? <laughs> I think that's because he fired his entire staff last year. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear this? Yeah. They go early. Their players go early. He goes early. They're trying to get out of Dodge. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, something's not right. He's still making friends and influencing people, Bob, just like Dale Carnegie. Like no one since Bo Pelini. But, you know, Penn State's going to – so Penn State will have James Franklin out there, obviously. Always goes with the seniors, Dave. So Sean Clifford, P.J. Mustafer, and Jair Brown. P.J. is a really interesting interview, but I'm glad that Jair Brown's out there. He's he's he certainly earned all the uh, recognition he's getting coming into the year. He really had uh, – there were a lot of good defensive players on that team last year, Dave. He was really good. Six interceptions. Tied for the national lead, four, I think he had four fumble recoveries. Just a really, really good player. Had a terrific season. Is Manny going out there? I didn't hear. He doesn't do it, or, or does he do it? Manny Diaz, is he going no, out? No, it's, it's just the head coach, and it's just the players. There's never really any assistance available, but yeah. Some, some coordinators are out there. Just depends on the school. Depends on what you want to do. I guess uh, I guess we can't get lucky and get Mike Yurcich out there. We're going to have to wait to mediate. <laughs> well, that would be fine. But Manny Manny's a pretty interesting guy, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I haven't had a chance to talk to him. I had a conflict when he was available, but a lot of people think very highly of him, especially as a defensive coordinator. Only 
It was the Matt Millen story that I was talking to you about last week uh, that Mark Wilgenrich wrote on Sports Illustrated, where he just touched on some of the things Penn State's going to need to get done in 2022 to have a chance. Yeah, the, the offensive line, and then and then Mark kept trying to steer the conversation to something else, and then he'd say the offensive line, and <laughs> yeah, he was trying to steer the conversation to Clifford or the, the back four. No, it's the offensive line. It's the offensive line. He must have come back to the offensive line like six different times. He did say he thinks Manny Diaz, is, I think, is legit. But the fact that Matt Millen keeps going back to it, I, I just think that he's not a guy that's going to pull punches. He never has, which is really refreshing. But he's seen enough of this offensive line not getting better. And he's he's like, you know what? You know, they, they just never get better. You, you, you hear about him in the spring. You know, they talk about him a lot early in the season. And then he goes to a game late in the year, and it's the same offensive line doing the same things that are not going to pulse. From uh, you tell me, um, you told me. Sound like Mike Kern again? Have uh, they? They seem to be recruiting interior offensive linemen that are that are really good. Have they recruited? You know, you remember uh, Michael Mennett and guys like that who were real studs when they were recruited. Did fine, and then <laughs> go in the NFL and and are superlative again. Are these guys that they're recruiting now, is this a real upgrade over offensive linemen they've had before? I trust some of the recruiting websites, the writers that talk about these guys. So I, I feel like they are. I think it almost sounded like Matt was talking. And, and, and there's a distinction to be made, right? I don't necessarily know that it's an athleticism question for the Penn State offensive line. It's either technique or strength. You know what I mean? And I think that's what Matt, why Matt is getting pretty annoyed that they can't figure it out. So, I mean, I think he, he referenced Troutline, but it's just a big year for that offensive line. And it's a huge year for James and that team with the, the way that they're going to start and what's waiting for them later in the season. Yeah, and barring some sort of giant upgrade in the offensive line, which would be unexpected considering what they have back. I mean, did you see – have you gotten your Phil Steele yet? You know what? I didn't get mine, but I was looking at somebody else's about Penn State. It is. You're right, Dave. It is. There's no greater value, not even just in college football, like in just in life. I don't think there's a better value for what, 22 bucks to get that magazine. It's it's got to be a big of love for him. Yeah, I was on the phone with Phil like for 20 minutes last week because I couldn't get a magazine. So I just I called him. I said, what the hell, man? He was like. He just gave me this whole story about the printers. He had to use new printers, and they could only do like half of them. And they kept giving him, no, it's going to be Monday, no Wednesday, no Friday, no Monday, no Wednesday. And it went on for like a week and a half. So he's all really been out of shape about that. But we eventually got around to a couple of his rankings, and he's got Penn State. And no one does more work on him on, on this kind of stuff than than. Phil or Brett Ciancia from Pick 6 Previews. They're both like equally really, really diligent. Brett does it all himself. And he Phil has the Penn State offensive line ranked at the bottom of the Big Ten this year. And you, you sometimes Phil is wrong, but but you can't say he doesn't book up on it. He has them ranked at the bottom along, and it, it was tied for 12th with Indiana and Purdue. So <laughs> – I don't I don't know it would have to be a huge surprise that's all for the offensive line to be substantially better and if they're not substantially better I don't know how this team could be sub- substantially better you you agree with that I agree the one the one element that's different this year and I, I know it's a lot of pressure for uh, that that true freshman running back 
make something out of nothing a couple of times in a game. Um, but if you notice, he was mentioned in the preview. A lot of people are aware of Nick Singleton, and he has he might just have the talent to really when Penn State doesn't have to play blocked to find a way to make some yards. And that's- yeah, it reminded me of 2015 with Barkley when he was a freshman. People noticed him, and there was only so much he could do with that 2015 offense. Uh, maybe next season if they get the the offensive line on. And it's not like they got the offensive line ironed out in 2016. They really didn't. It was a total mess early in the season. They had guys hurt, guys injured. Are we supposed to call him Nick or Nicholas? Does he prefer once? I've seen it both ways. I don't know what his preference is. Since we really don't get to talk to him, I, I don't. You know, I, I think we'll probably find out in 2025 or 2024 or something like that. But I'm gonna, I, I guess I'm going to foster. You know what I mean? You will. I will not. Yeah. <laughs> When you start out with your first trip to Los Angeles, uh, we haven't really talked about this. What, what was your first reaction when you heard the news? Well, you were on vacation, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I picked a great week to be off. I was actually pretty proud of myself. <laughs> uh, but I, we talked with Heather Dinich last week generally about you just can't put anything past these guys anymore. So the shock value for me wore off pretty quickly, even though there's a lot of stuff that they're going to have to figure out to actually do this right and to make it fair and to, you know, how, how are they going to do it? But it does, I, sadly, it does not surprise me. I think that uh, Penn State saw their opportunity and, they, and, and uh, you know, it, Dave, it sounds to me like, and I know you've wrote about this, I, I think one of the, I, I don't know if it was Fox or ESPN, one of them just probably put this whole thing together and said, hey. No, it's Fox, it's Fox, it's Fox. They probably just broke, they probably brokered the whole deal. You per you personally as a fan, and you're a you're a big college football fan, man. You're a fan. How do you feel about this? Are you on board with it? You know, there's a popular saying now, and I embrace this to an extent that if you are not ready to adapt, just get out of the way and let other people do it because they can. And I guess there's something to be said that this is the way of the future. Uh, get used to it. Uh, are you used to it? Are you on board yet? Yeah, I would say that I probably am because if it wasn't going to be these two schools, I mean, they were they were looking, I think, at at somebody. I know that sound, but they've been working on this for a lot longer. I think that they're letting on. Is that correct or no? No, I don't think so. I think I think Fox had been had been working on it, and I think they got in the year of Carol Folt, the USC president, who's not from around there. Neither the AD Mike Bone from Cincinnati and originally from Colorado. Neither one of them, and Carol Foltz from North Carolina, neither one of them have any capital invested in USC sports or anything in West Coast sports, for that matter. Neither one of them. To them, it's just a money-making entity. Um, I'm probably more invested in the Big Ten and Pac-12 as separate entities, having grown up when I did, because the Rose Bowl was a, a special, special thing. And I don't know that Penn State fans really care about that either because they didn't grow up with it. Uh, to me, it's just blowing up a lot of tradition that to me is what college football is made of. It is it is made of a certain amount of tradition. And I can get on board with, I, I was even on board with Maryland and Rutgers in the Big Ten because they're at least contiguous states. They're partners from for Penn State in the East. If you're going to go into the East, if you're going to step over the Appalachians, okay, why not? People can get used to that. I was certainly okay with Nebraska. They're neighbors of Iowa and Minnesota and the Western states out there. But this, 
this is just in it in its face. It's just a money grab. It's just purely a couple of completely different cultures that don't belong together. And and you're hearing this stuff like Colin Coward. I I like Colin Coward. I I think he's a really bright guy, but he's so obviously carrying water for Fox on this, just like he does for USFL. Do you watch any USFL games? Do you can do that? No. And he's acting he's acting like it's a really interesting product. And it sucks. It's awful. But he, he goes through the the five minutes a day. And on this, he did the same thing. You don't even believe what you're saying. You can't believe what you're saying. That that you I wanna he was he was saying, I want to see the best play the best. And he was talking about Wisconsin play USC and and UCLA playing Ohio State, oh, I'm on board for that. Well, are you on board for UCLA against Maryland? Are you on board for USC against Rutgers and even Minnesota? Are those big games? No, and you're going to have to play those games. And at some point in this process, especially when USC isn't really great, you're going to be looking at USC against Indiana and Bloomington and saying, what in God's name are we doing? What are we doing here? That's what I think. And it's going to take a little while for it to happen. Also, did you see the Gavin Newsom comments about? No, but I saw you, I saw in the headline that he was he was not necessarily super duper really into the UCLA. He got his pollsters on it and his pollsters came back, I'm sure. I don't know this, but they those guys don't say anything without checking what the pollsters think because they're they're shameless as far as kowtowing to whatever the electorate wants. And and his pollsters clearly came back with everyone from California not on board with this thing at all. Now, UCLA is a state school, so they can make things a little tougher on UCLA. They have no purview over USC. They're a private school. That was the takeaway from me, that he thinks this is a winning issue if he comes out against the whole thing from a West Coast standpoint. I don't think they can do anything about it, and the money is too big with UCLA having a $103 million deficit in its budget to avoid it because they're going to make it be making 40, 50, 60 million more dollars in the next TV contract in the Big Ten than they would in the Pac-12. And, and very frankly, do you watch, I don't know, do you watch Pac-12 football anymore? That's a valid question for you because you're a fan. I just don't have the time to do it <clears throat> after Penn State games. You know, it's real. you got to really squeeze it in. you got to budget your time to even get a, like, a look at two quarters of those games. It used to be fun like 20 years ago when Aaron Rodgers was the Cal quarterback and they had Jackson as one of the receivers, and you turn on a Cal game or something like that. That's what we're really talking about. We're talking about Stanford with Harbaugh and Cal back in the old days. And those are the schools that are really going to get left behind here. So I can understand when people say they really don't have time for Pac-12 football anymore because it's not very good anymore. It's not. It's like a reverse gold rush, isn't it? Instead of going west, they just went east for, uh, for the money grab. Let's call it that, Bob, from now on. (laughs) (laughs) It's the RGR. Reverse gold rush. Like it or not. Anything you want to get to? The the talks between the Pac-12 and the the Big 12 are now officially over. Does that surprise you? I I don't know that they were ever really on. (laughs) I think the Big 12 thinks they can own this uh, and become the the, the, the B-grade conference. Uh, below the Big Ten and the SEC. And 
I think they believe they play better football, and I think they do. Uh, you wouldn't have said that 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, but it's true now. Big, Big 12 football, while it's light on defense, is more attractive football than Pac-12, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, considering so, how some of those programs have slipped. Yeah, they've really slipped in the Pac-12. Embarrassing to um, embarrassing measures. Yeah, I yeah Washington that. was really good uh, back in the prior regime, but Peterson quit, and you could see them fall off. What did someone do to Arizona and Richrod? What the? Yeah, you're talking about Arizona when when at the end of the '90s, Arizona with Dick Tomey was really really good. That was a top program. They're just a, a non-entity anymore. There are a lot of programs on the rocks in that league, and I think the Big 12 senses an opportunity. Plus, there are four schools in that league that are essentially Rocky Mountain schools. They're in the mountain time zone. Well, I don't believe the Arizona schools are in the Rocky in the, in the, the mountain time zone, but they would feel comfortable in the in the Big 12, whereas there are no schools in the in the Big 12 who want any part of going to the Pac-12. That's just not true. But you could very easily rationalize Colorado, who was a Big 12 member, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State going to the Big 12 and feeling pretty comfortable in that league. And, and vice versa, not true. So that's the problem with the Pac-12. They don't have any attraction. They don't have any culture that's going to bring serious football people along and the opposite is true that's where we're at and the Pac-12 has to be really nervous because if they lose those four schools it's over it's over for the Pac-12 and there's there's going to be no more that's the next move I think much more than Notre Dame going to the Big Ten I just don't think that's going to happen maybe Notre Dame eventually has to go to a conference but not yet they don't have to do it yet it looks like they're going to get $75 million maybe out of NBC. That's what they want. Can you see any of these conferences kicking inferior teams out and saying, look, you're not cutting it like they do in soccer, like the last place team's got to go to another? Relegation. Is there any relegation on the, in the Big Ten future or not? Uh, I, <laughs> can you imagine what Northwestern and Duke and Vanderbilt would be thinking? Yeah, there's a couple that you could make a strong case for that if they go, who cares? Yeah, and Kansas State, well, actually, you're talking about half of the Big 12 if that happens, so it's not going to happen there, but you're talking about the, the the Big 10 and the SEC. I don't think the SEC would do it because the SEC, you know, their slogan is it just matters more. Well, it's <laughs> as indigestible at that as that might be for us, it's true. And even if you go into, like – uh Stark Vegas, where, which is what they call it, where a buddy Joe Moorhead was for a couple of years. Those people care at Mississippi State. That is the lowest echelon program, I believe, in the league as far as fiscal wherewithal. Uh, they don't make as much money as the other places, but man, those people care. I would say maybe even Vanderbilt. There are people in Nashville who care because it's a big city. Most people in Nashville care more about Tennessee. I don't think you're going to see that in the SEC. No, I don't think you're going to see it in the Big Ten because there's still a degree of people who care about the tradition in the Big Ten. I'm sure they would. There were there are people who would love to jettison Indiana and Purdue for football, but what are you going to do with basketball? They're huge schools. You can't do that. So in a lot of senses, Maryland, Indiana, Purdue are in the same boat because they're huge basketball schools. 
their assets, which doesn't mean as much in the grand scheme to, to TV or anything. I don't take anything off the table anymore because I didn't think this was really possible. USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. I think it's absurd. I think it will be proven absurd in the long run. I do. I do. But but it happened. It's going to happen. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dave, as we, as we talk about Penn State, September 1st, Thursday night, you're going to be there. They are, there's one, they're three and a half point favorites. Penn State, three and a half point favorites at Purdue. You know what I think about that matchup? I think about Purdue's passing attack. And a lot of times, Jeff Brom doesn't even care about running the ball. Uh, he's He had the only worse running game in the Big Ten than Penn State's last year. <laughs> yeah. But it's basically because he didn't care to even try. He's got Aiden O'Connell out there flinging the ball around. He's got a veteran quarterback, another really good receiving core, and the matchup against Penn State's secondary, which arguably is their best position unit on the team. And that's going to be damned interesting. And I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, especially if Joey Porter learns how to keep his hands off of people, man, he's going to be really, really good, isn't he? And I'm sure he's been working on that. It's going to Porter, Kalen King, Hardy, that's a really good, you know, three cornerback group. And they like some other players behind them. But yeah, they can match up with just about any any secondary they're going to see this year it's not going to it's not going to be a, a a lot of fun when they play Ohio State but no one really can match up with Ohio State's wide receivers so they're join the club yeah and and I want to see that matchup between Penn State's secondary and, and Purdue's passing game I think it'll be damned interesting that'll be the best part of that game and whoever wins that wins the game plus you just you, you it's been a while since you've been to West Lafayette and you miss it <laughs> <laughs> Where does you West know, Lafayette rank in your in your uh, visiting for at the bottom? Fourteen, fourteen. That's fourteen. Well, I I tried to. Uh, Bob's talking about something I did four years ago. I think it was in twenty eighteen when we were doing lots of slideshows. Remember slideshows? Oh, I love them. Wish they this was them actually back. a really good, a really good slideshow because it was all about the venues. And for Purdue, I printed something that was supposed to be a complete renovation of Ross Aid, the beautiful and enchanting Ross Aid Stadium in West Lafayette, which it, it just looks like an, an, a, an old guy who just quit trying. I think is what, you know, like a 57-year-old a guy who just quits trying to keep, kind of like me, just quits trying. 
except I'm 65. But it, that's what the stadium looks like. A guy who's just kind of given up and doesn't care what he looks like anymore. But this was some sort of gee whiz, complete uh, rehab. It was an artist's conception of what that was going to I don't know what happened to that. I mean, it's not <laughs> – I don't think that happened, did it? I, We're going to find out. We are going to find out. I still, I would still, I think I would put that ahead of Piscataway and, uh, no, Piscataway's got some, you forgot the atmosphere in there in Piscataway when Rutgers thought they could win a couple times. I don't mean the 39 nothing game. I mean the, like the game against it's Hackenberg. It's like a plastic stadium now. I, I, don't, I, don't know that, I don't know what that surface is. That's, 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 they're going to come out and that thing's going to cause cancer for people in like, <laughs> What what is it? Something S H I U Solution Stadium, or they, they change the they change the name every year. By the way, Heinz Field, what the hell, man? That's awful. They took down the ketchup bottles. You know, my son Nick, who went to school in Pittsburgh at Point Park, he's pissed off. He is really upset that they renamed it. Ac- what is Acrisure? <laughs> What is that? You don't even know what it is. 25-year deal, too. Like, it's not like they can get out of it. It's going to be like that for... Couldn't the Roonies take a few fewer dollars just to to keep it as Heinz Field? I put this on the Roonies, don't you? Yeah, the answer is no. They cannot take any fewer dollars. They, they will take all the dollars. They have their fingerprints in everything in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Yeah, but Heinz is different than all the other naming rights companies, I think. I mean, it's a condiment. It's a it's a condiment which goes with football fans. You you it's something you use in the stadium. It's not a bank, you know, some sort of some sort of hedge fund or it's 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 a tangible thing that you get on your shirt. You know, Heinz fits Pittsburgh. It's part of Pittsburgh. That should have never changed. And I think it's a reminder to fans, even the most devoted, you would you would count Steelers, Packers. Who's more devoted than those fan bases? Anybody? Pretty loyal. Pretty it's another loyal. reminder to them that it's really not about you, man. It's about it's about the money, the money, the money, the money. I was watching um, uh, No Country for Old Men the uh, other day. Great movie. Great at the movie. end, where Tommy Lee Jones is talking talking to the. <laughs> <laughs> the old sheriff, you know, about 20 minutes before the end, he's going, he said, it's always the money, the money and the drugs. <laughs> and did you, did you ever think that you would see our Texas youth walking around with green hair? <laughs> it's the dismal tide. It's the dismal tide. That's that's what it reminds me of. When do they rename Beaver Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? What is the name of the Buffalo Bills owner? Oh, Terry Pagula? Pagula Field. How do you think that's going to go over? How do you think that's going to go over with the Penn State fans in their 80s and 90s? They they won't matter, and neither will I at that point. Neither will any of us. But but at least that's not from that's not from Heinz to Acrisure. You know, nobody <laughs> yeah. knows what it is. Yeah. It, it, yet, on the other hand, if Citizens Bank Park here was changed, you know, it's always been the bank. But so what? You know, if the if Lincoln Financial Field was changed, you know, you're talking about banks and investment corporations. No big deal. This was just different. And they should have recognized that. And they don't care. They don't care. Sheets Stadium. <laughs> that would probably work. That would get I could get on board with that. 
those things are breeding now. There's like a billion of them in Pennsylvania. They put them up so fast. And I like sheets, unlike our friend Joe Hermit, who refuses. I, li- I live in Wawa country, and I think I prefer sheets, actually. I think it's a better it's a better school. Joe's producing this video, and you're going you're gonna to get a message from Oh, you! Oh, you talking about? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna listen to you talk about Wawa like that, and it's there's gonna be a problem. Yeah, it's 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 not anyone's problem except his. So so, <laughs> we're, since we're talking about the venues in the Big Ten, uh, where we, where are we going this year? We're going to Michigan. We're going to Auburn, which will be damned interesting. Have, have you heard about? Have you seen their recruiting rankings? The guy's going straight into the toilet. Brian Harson. Yeah, Brian Harson was almost fired last year. And I mean, they can't recruit. It's when we go down there, that place is going to be in total turmoil. And if Penn State manages to win there, they might fire him on the spot. So that's something else to work look for in week 3. Hey, when Nick Saban and Jim and Fisher sense weakness in the SEC, they're going to go for the throat and they're going to take all your players, man. They'll take them all. Considering NIL and and the landscape right now, again, Franklin doing pretty damn well, wouldn't you say? Where Brian Harson is not. I would say that. I, I would like to see how this is going to continue to evolve. But he's he's recruiting his butt off, and that's they that's what they have to do. So let's see let's see it play out on the field. So next week, who you who you predicting in your in the Big Ten meetings to to be the breakout star of the podium uh, behind the mic that we don't expect? You remember the one time when Harbaugh came out there and he was kind of like full of coffee or something and he was Mr. Mr. Abullient and fun to talk to. And uh, so who's, who's that this year? Well, you know, I like me some PJ Fleck, but we're not going to go down. that. <laughs> I mean, there's, I don't know. Has anyone there, is there a new head coach in the big Ten this year? Well, uh, we're only talking about who's going to make a splash this year that you wouldn't expect. And I'm going with Paul Christ. I have a sense that, <laughs> He's he's like the husband of Margie's husband and 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 uh, Fargo who makes the who paints the stamps and he's never been very con- I think he's going to have a makeover and I think he's going to get up there with a little bit of confidence and try try to uh to be kind of chirpy and fun and and let's look for that. I'm I'm in, I'm just Okay, but if he isn't, you're going to you're going to make sure you let him have it about it cuz you're expecting it. And I'm hoping that PJ Flack is the first guy out there before you're awake. <laughs> it's always a great time. It's the second year in a row at Indy. They didn't have it in 2020 due to COVID. Used to be in Chicago. I love that. But Indy's not that bad. I can, I'm, I'm good with Indy for this. No, but you prefer Chicago, admit it. I prefer Chicago over any city in the United States. Well, what I really want is for you to have a mobile mic and walk around and just bug <laughs> people like Letterman used to. Just stick mics in their faces. Maybe with Kevin Warren, ask annoying questions with Kevin Warren. Yeah, Kevin, the the, the USC UCLA thing that was that was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that, Kevin. What do you, what's in the bag there? What do you got in the bag? What do you What do you have for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> I think if it was up to Kevin Warren, they still they still have would not have played football uh, in 2021 or 2022. I think this USC UCLA thing was laid in his lap, so he had to go. Oh, oh I guess. <laughs> and I, he's not Jim Delaney. He is. I'm he sure is he's Jim already Delaney. got an answer prepped for that question, which we coming. That might be the first question he's going to get. Yeah, but even he's a better speaker than Delaney. Delaney was a purposely 
uh, drab speaker, he would put you to sleep on purpose. That's what he wanted to do. He would combine words in a way that you, you, you're trying to decipher what the hell he's talking about. And then you realize he doesn't want you to know what he's talking about. <laughs> he has no intention of communicating. Confuse you. By the time you figure out that he's doing that, he's already left the podium. Yeah. Warren's a bright guy, but he's not a uh, mover or a shaker. He's not, he's certainly not a, a, he's not an operative. We know a lot of operatives. We know a lot of political, political operatives in Harrisburg. He's not one of those guys. And Jim Delaney was pure operative, man. He was a money maker. Money, money. That's what it's about, Bob. All right, Dave. Let's say goodbye to the Penn State fans. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>